Greetings and welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett, and I'm a child therapist who lives and works in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina, and you have found yourself listening to a podcast about children and play therapy, coming at those things from a child-centered perspective. And the topic for this week's podcast is talking to children about the election, and I have to admit that I really resent the whole concept of having to talk to adults about how to talk to children about things, even though this is the second time I'm doing a podcast with that as a title. So in reality, I might just loathe myself, but on some basic level, the answer to the question, how do I talk to children about X, whether X is sex or death or politics or war or any of the atrocious things that happen in the world the answer to the question is that you just do it and you do it honestly and you do it transparently and you do it allowing the child to either have the space to move with their curiosity to ask you some questions like you're energetically open to their curiosity and to their exploration of the topic and that will help them learn about it and also open to that they may choose not to engage with that thing. And in that case, it's like, all right, this opportunity has been provided. And if you want to ask me more questions about, you know, death, sex, politics, etc., like, please do, you know, open to that conversation if it, they need to marinate in it a little bit to explore their relationship to it and to see what questions they have about it and what they want to learn about it. So uh, on a basic level, the answer to how do we talk to children about things is that we just do it. And it might be helpful in general if we all put whatever focus we put into, like the, the fears around talking to children about things or the, the planning of how it's going to go and how it's going to be presented to them and all of that sort of thing. If we took all of that energy that we put into those moments and put them into all of the everyday moments, if we put some of that energy into just like, how do I talk to my child just normally, just throughout the day, just when we're doing tasks, when we're having fun, when we're just anything that we're doing together, when we're spending time together, those small everyday moments, it's those moments which probably actually need a little bit more of our care and attention and, t- and intention, which isn't to say... And I wouldn't want that energy to go as far as to people getting into like a shame spiral of like, oh my God, I'm not present with my child as much as I want to be. And that's that's not really helpful either. And it doesn't make space for as adults, we need our own autonomy and we need our own time. We need to take care of ourselves and blah, 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 blah. But I think all of the planning about how we talk to children about something and all the anxiety that as adults we can feel when we're like, okay, how am I going to tell this child about this thing? That all says more about us as adults than it does about the child. That I don't, I'm not convinced that any of that planning and any of that formulating and any of that sort of, you know, anxiety that we go into that with, which a lot of that planning is born out of about how we would talk to children about a difficult topic. I don't think that that serves children really in the slightest. And at its worst, it can be attempting to create a reality for the child to live in that might not actually be connected to 
their lived reality or to the reality of the world or to the reality of their home, that 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 package could be trying to sugarcoat something or it can often be trying to hide something about what's really going on. And then the child's disconnected to what's really going on, and that can create all of its own problems. So I'm, I'm a big fan of transparency and honesty when talking to children, but I, I hope that that's also coupled with some self-reflection on our part, and maybe all that planning, what that planning could really go into if that planning was to be at its best, of the planning of how we're going to talk to children. At its best, it could be us exploring for ourselves, what is, our, what is my relationship to this thing that they're asking me about? What is my relationship to politics? What is my relationship to sex? What do I think is happening in this world? What do I believe happens when people die? How do I deal with and move through grief? Whatever the topic is, it's a chance for us as adults to have a conversation with ourselves to get solid about something and to get solid about something in a way that feels good. And it gets solid about something in a way that feels good, that creates something that we do want to pass on to our children. And so in that sense, I do think it's important how we talk to children about the election. I do have children in my life, both that I work with and otherwise, who can, who don't ever talk about politics, right? Like it's not ever on a child's radar to talk about politics most of the time. Like, I've, I've never really had a child play something out that was political. Children play out all kinds of things, right? They project fantasy worlds and real-life situations and a, a rich variation of struggle and pain and hope and endurance. Like, children's play is beautiful. And I've never seen it include politics, But when politics is in the air, and it's certainly in the air right now, I've had children say to me recently things like, I just can't understand people who vote for Donald Trump. And that's just an interesting thing for them to say. They've obviously heard that somewhere. I've I've, I've heard children lately be very angry at people who disagree with them. And by them, I mean just like whatever their parents believe. And there's obviously been some level of a lack of empathy for the other side of whatever divide it is that's been passed on, which is the same way of saying some level of dehumanization has been passed on at this point to children. And it's a level of dehumanization that I don't think comes naturally to children. I remember being a kid myself and being in elementary school and learning about slavery at some point and having my mind blown by it, feeling a deep sadness with it, but filing it under somewhere as like, you know, it's the distant past. That's the, I, I don't have any relationship to that. And then I remember later on in elementary school, we did some kind of ancestor project in our class where we were asked to make like a family tree and trace it back a fair ways. And as students, we didn't, like, give our project in front of the class, but I, re- I remember sitting in class and having the insight where I was, you know, my fourth grade self was like, holy shit, are you, is, did the, like, the, 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 the students in my class with me, the black students in my class with me, their ancestors were slaves? And my ancestors, like, owned and beat and kept shackled their ancestors? And the whole concept 
blew apart my mind. I feel like it was a dissociative experience. And I've heard many stories from teachers, but one from my cousin um, in his class when he, he made it very real where he like divided up the class, divided up the white and black students and talked about different points in time and what privileges they would have or not have or who would be owned by whom and how they were treated. And he said the kids in his class would cry. They would cry. And, and I... You know, we could say on the one hand that like, okay, maybe that's taking things too far. I don't, but I don't think that it is. It's a reality that we all have to live with. It's a reality that's, that's easy to avoid. And I say all of that to say that with everything that's going on right now, it's difficult for children to build a relationship to it. It's very hard for them to understand. It's impossible for them to understand things like politics and... As a result, every child that I know, and most teenagers that I know, to some degree, parrots their parents in that regard. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, as a child, you you grow up with with these people in your life who have such an influence on you in so many different ways, and and you take in their values, and you take in their beliefs, and you take in who they support, and... That's part of who you are, and then with time, sometimes that can, that can change. Your beliefs can evolve. You can individuate, or hopefully you do at some point from your parents and become your own separate person who might be, still be similar to them in many, 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 many ways, but maybe different in ways that are uniquely yours and that you can claim and have as your own and maybe believe different things. But that's a thing that happens later in life. Children just take on the beliefs of their parents. And so if that's true, if children just take on the beliefs of their parents, then it's important for the adults in a child's world to be careful with what they are passing on to their children. And as adults, even if, you know, regardless if you're on the left or the right or wherever else, it's really easy to say about the other side, like, I don't understand them, I don't get it, that they're just wrong, that they're misguided, that they're bad. Like, that, that, that list can go on and on and on for the things, the nasty things that people can say about other people when they disagree with them, and that's a tricky spot. I mean, as an adult, if that's genuinely where you're at, if you're at a point where it's just like, the people on the other side, I can't, I don't get them at all. I don't respect them. At least recognize that that's dehumanizing the other side, and that recognizing then also that say exposing your children to that energy or even just embodying that energy or the things that you'll say like that'll get passed on to your children and that is teaching them dehumanization at the end of the day that's the only real lesson that they're getting out of that is for that there are people in this world who will disagree with me or who do disagree with me and those people are dumb disagreeing with me is dumb like that's a value that can get passed on with that energy and that on some level, the child is being, child has a, has a neural pathway, a way of relating, a complex, however you want to put it, a proclivity towards interacting that way with people and might grow up to be an individual who's more capable of continuing that dehumanization. And there's a different way to talk to children about politics or why you're voting for who you're voting for or why you're supporting who you're supporting or what you know your role in the complex 
debates and battles of the day that are happening politically and are happening on a societal level and that can be a connection to like what like what do you value as a person and no matter what side of whatever that you're on there's hopefully a deep value in there of like i value something greater than myself that could be equality that could be unity that could be the environment that could be safety that could be security that could be caring for some group of people that you feel is not being treated well and is not being treated well that can be wanting opportunities for different kinds of people wanting things to be fair i don't like there's so many different values that can go into your political beliefs but like that's a different kind of message to pass on it's a different reason for doing what you're doing and i think when we wrestle with that inside of ourselves when we think about how we're communicating to our children about what's happening right now that can that improves us as adults like put the children to the side just having to have that conversation with ourselves of like, what do I want to communicate to my child? And I want to communicate something true. So what is a true and positive thing that I can communicate to my child that I'm experiencing? And that can connect us to our deep values. And maybe we end up acting that way in the world more often. If we hold on to the value of being honest with children, and we hold on to the value that what we pass on to them is important, we can get in touch with what we want to pass on to them, and we can be more integrated with our values as a result as adults. And that's not all to sugarcoat reality. If we're having a conversation with children about the genuine conflicts that are happening right now, we can name the reality of those conflicts. If a child has, through some media or just being around in America today, it's kind of a tense place to be right now, but has had some contact with some anger and some vitriol, like having a real conversation with them about the reality that that exists and finding a nuanced way to perhaps communicate the real reasons why that exists while also saying like, that's, that's not how we want to be. That's not how, that's not how this is going to get better like i'm trying not to be in that place myself you can communicate to the child that it's hard there's there's things sometimes i feel mad too we're all feeling a little mad right now but like what do we do with that anger and and, the, and it's not that you have to communicate some nuanced perspective on anger to your child but you can you can you can let them know your own struggles with everything i wouldn't want the desire to hand something pure and beautiful about this time or politics right now to a child to get in the way of also communicating to them reality. Children are more healthy when they live in reality. But at the end of the day, talking with a child and being with a child allows us as adults the opportunity to take a hard look at ourselves and where we're being honest with ourselves and what our values are and what we are trying to embody and what we do embody as a person. I've had a lot of conversations with people lately about masks and how it's difficult to connect with a child with a mask on. And that's undoubtedly true, right? There's something really nice about being able to see someone's someone's smile and the, the mouth has so many different emotions that it expresses. But I think one potential benefit of the mass, or at least for, it has been for me when I've been with a child, is that connection with someone and attunement with someone isn't totally dependent on the mouth. And it's, it's dependent on, like, am I on the same wavelength as you? 
Am I connected to you? Am I holding you without judgment? Am I present with you? And I think that can really be communicated through the eyes. And connecting with children during this time for me with with mass has helped me check in with, like, I don't have my smile to charm my way through this. I can't manipulate any emotions in this situation right now. I just have to be me. I just have to be connected. I just have to be present and attuned. And that will show through my eyes and my voice and my entire being and we'll be connected and, you know, mass be damned. We'll be connected as two humans. And it's, it's had me check in with myself sometimes about my authenticity. And, and I think tying it back to this whole, how do we talk to children about the election, about politics? I think it can offer us as adults a chance to check in with ourselves about where we're at with all of it. If we're feeling a little dysregulated one way or the other, if we are holding a lot of anger and vitriol and judgment and and what we're doing with that and what are the deeper values that we are connected to, that we care about, that are sort of the beating heart of our energy with all of this. And how can we live in that place? And how can we be in that place? And how can that be the thing that we pass on and passing on something that we're for and not just passing on everything that we hate and that we're against? And that's all that I have. Hopefully it was not too preachy on this episode of Playtime. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Go to patreon.com slash playtimepodcast if you would like to support the show, though it is offered for free in the spirit of the gift because it's a podcast. Like all podcasts are free. It's a beautiful thing. Go to barnettchildtherapy.com if you want to see more of my work, including the Child Centered Children's Book series, of which there are four titles out now, the newest one being I have a secret and contact me if you'd like. I'll see you next time.